0: Welcome to But Why Though, the podcast, a periodic discussion with guests from around the But Why Though writing community brought together under one roof to discuss the latest happenings in the nerd pop culture community. My name is Aaron. Today I am joined by the big boss lady herself, the badass of film review, Kate, and our very own killer cosplay queen, Nisha. Say hi, folks.
1: Hey. Hi. (laughs)
0: How's everyone doing?
2: Good. Pretty good.
0: Nice, And this week we've got some awesome topics to get through, including the latest trailers. Uh, of course, we had D23, which dropped a whole bunch of things that we can get into. Uh, Nintendo Direct also dropped a couple of trailers, which are very exciting to see. And of course, PlayStation, the uh, same day, had their state of play. Uh, our second topic for the week, where we'll be getting into the state of visual effects. Throughout the industry and the stark differences ranging from She-Hulk to the Rings of Power. And lastly, Kate, Nisha, and myself will be giving some thoughts on the great things that we've been watching lately. Always a good time. All right, so let's get into it. First, D23. Um, what were some of the trailers that caught your eye? Because there were a couple of really, really cool things and a couple of like unexpected uh items that popped up i know one of them caught caught uh my site was uh werewolf by night which was utterly bonkers it's very very strange did did you two watch it
1: yeah i did um i'll go first just because this is like the only trailer i actually cared about out of the entire uh d23 because i just i don't know I'm kind of burnt out on Disney and Marvel and Star Wars and outside of Andor. I don't really care about anything that's coming out um, except for Werewolf by Night. Uh, Because for me, I am a huge lover of Universal Monsters. I am a huge lover of the type of camp that came with that era of horror. And I think that Marvel is always at its best when it is leaning heavy into a genre. So for me, as like a really big horror fan who like, I mean, we didn't, we didn't have like, a blockbuster card for a long time we had like the the library so like my mom was renting like frankenstein and dracula both uh Bela Lugosi's and chris freeles and i think that there is a lot here that's replicating like the 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 black and gray is universal but there's a lot of hammer um hammer horror in here too with a lot of the camp so i'm really excited for it and also The Mexicans are taking over Disney, and that just makes me happy with Gael Garcia Banal uh, officially in the MCU. Um, And I guess, actually, no, I'll say the Latinos are taking over Disney because, uh, one, they still ain't got any Latinas in there. And two, (laughs) um, I guess now we have, was it Gael? And then Oscar? And Mm -hmm. then Diego? else oh and Pedro. so that, that's that's right. a whole central american delegation right there um oh and I guess Rosario Dawson is is Ahsoka so there's like one there's there's one lead in when America gets her movie out
2: counter <laughs> uh Nisha, multiverse madness wasn't it
0: <laughs> Nisha what did you think?
2: Uh for Werewolf by night again bonkers because I, I I have no previous knowledge of this but I do like black and white horror films, so like all of what Kate said, I do like it when Marvel and Disney lean into things more. So I'm, I'm curious about it, and I'm, I'm probably going to watch it. I've watched every, just about everything else except for, I think, Miss Marvel at this point. Yeah.
1: I, I honestly think it's going to – I, I feel it, the way it's set up is a little bit like a whodunit. So like okay. I'm kind of really excited like, about like
0: a Clue like, like a, Clue yeah, yeah like
1: one of you is a right. monster the other of you are hunters <laughs> and I am I am just give me a good like whodunit mystery type thing and I'm really happy. Um, also I don't know how familiar all you how familiar you all are with Giles work, but like when you let him be weird, that is when he does his best stuff. Like let the man be weird. <laughs> and
2: it looks weird, so I'm down. Yes. I was gonna
0: say I I think there's a there's a very small clip where you actually get to see like Man Thing, which is yeah. like Marvel's version of like Swamp Thing. I'm just uh I'm just like, okay, this is gonna really lean into some weird things, and I'm perfectly okay yeah. with that. I like it when they try to get a bit more ambitious, a bit more creative with some of the stuff, and I feel like Marvel's kind of been lacking in that. Like everything's mm-hmm. felt very safe. Mm-hmm. So I like that this is very yeah. like bordering on weird.
1: Yeah. i also have like no like nisha said i have no reference for what this comic is so that always helps me
2: not gonna lie because when i was watching it and like saw the premise i'm like this just sounds like the one night werewolf game that i've played with my friends where it's like literally the premise is there is a werewolf but everybody is a hunter but actually there's two like you know i was just like is this the game is i didn't even know it was based (laughs) off of a comic yeah i just thought like okay cool They made my game into a show, but no. Uh,
1: So my only question is, I thought... So the only thing I knew about Werewolf by Night was I thought that the guy who was the werewolf in that series was native. Am I wrong about that? I believe you're right. Which makes this casting not great.
0: Yeah, because I... I know I read the one I did a comic review a while ago and it was like a new iteration of the werewolf by night and he talks about the previous version I think he was native. Yeah.
1: So I guess it matters like what they make him as is mm-hmm. probably what it is. Yeah, like Gale is he's, he's 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 yeah, he's a very privileged Mexican man who is not native. So
0: Yeah, it'll be be interesting to see kind of what they do with it and how they play with it. I know they're, I think it's, I forget her name, but it's uh, Bloodstone. She's like a a monster hunter or something like that. Um, Yeah. I forget who she's playing, but it's going to be interesting as well because it opens up a darker version of the MCU. And again, we know Blade's coming, so...
1: I'm also just like, how many times are we going to get dark, but not really dark? I know. How many times I are we know. just going to get gray? It's,
0: it's almost like the tease of the multiverse. Like, they've been teasing it for years, and it's kind of like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. It's like, everything is teasing it. We also got a trailer. Uh, another big Marvel Studios trailer was uh, Secret Invasion with Samuel L. Jackson. So, Nisha, did you get a chance to watch this one?
2: I did, and I love it because it gives me more of what we got <laughs> from freaking. From the Captain America movies, like specifically. Winter Soldier. Yes, Winter Soldier. Like, I love Marvel doing espionage, government, like, conspiracy shit. I love it.
0: (laughs) What about you, Kate?
1: I love it too. Like, I am. I really. So, I am hesitant on Secret Invasion because if you've read Secret Invasion, it is not. It is a very uh, thinly veiled anti-immigration like storyline that happened immediately after 9-11 and it's not great and I hated how they dealt with the scrolling Captain Marvel uh, because also really ham-fisted immigration narrative but I am a firm believer that Samuel Jackson can do no wrong and I will watch a whole show and like Nisha said it is deep spy stuff and that's all I care about like mm-hmm. give me that like deep government like work and i will have it and uh i i will just i'll just put they did a good job by having samuel jackson as the lead because mm-hmm. that's all i care about like i do not care about anything else that man can just have the crappiest script and he will
2: still sell it so we i'm i am at least interested in that Right, we saw his yeah. performance in django yeah. <laughs> yeah we love that performance too <laughs>
0: yeah, that looks like a really interesting one, and, and absolutely, if it captures any of those vibes of like Winter Soldier, like that was just yeah. such a great. Well,
1: even like the first two thirds of Black Widow is a really good spy movie. Like they do mm-hmm. good spy movies. Yeah,
0: they yeah, very well. Like, other stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's got to find that balance. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what comes of that, and that's going to be a series on Disney Plus as well. So I'll be I'll be interesting to see when it hits our screens. Uh, moving on, uh, Lucasfilm uh, unveiled a couple of things, but one of the things that caught our eyes was Tales of the Jedi, which is an animated series, and it looks to be focusing on the origin story behind Count Dooku and Ahsoka. So, Kate, I know you just literally watched this one.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love Dooku. I, I love Dooku. Like, I think that they're... For me, in general, anytime we're going to get a Sith backstory, I'm happy about because I don't think we have enough of them. Um, and I know that everybody's like, oh, Ahsoka again. I don't care. I love her. She's my favorite character. Like, we, will, I will watch 20 Ahsoka things that come out. Um, that and the, I've, I've missed the animation style um, that we've had, like, from Clone, War, Clone Wars and Rebels and all that type of stuff. So I'm excited to have it being done that way and to be telling the stories that it
0: is. Yeah, I think this kind of looks like exciting. Again, it's something different, and again, we Dooku is one of those always interesting characters that they they've used a lot, especially obviously in the Clone Wars. But there's such a an interesting backstory there. That we never really got like what happened, yeah. and I'm curious to see. Um, it looks like they've kind of done some stuff with Ahsoka as well, but like Ahsoka joins the Jedi Order pretty young as well. I mean, mm-hmm. by the time she's with Anakin, but it looks she's like it baby. might be yeah. yeah She's pretty young, so I'm curious to see kind of what direction they're going there with her. And it looks like it's showing a whole lot of training montages with Anakin, like, really heavily pushing her. So that'll be kind of interesting. I just love this animation style. So like you said, Kate, I could happily watch anything that comes out of that animation group as far as Star Wars and be content. Completely content. Uh, we also got a lot of other trailers, including one that caught Nisha's eye, which was The Little Mermaid. Nisha, yes. what did you like about the trailer?
2: First and foremost, my mermaid is black. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care if people are mad about that. But anyways, um, honestly, it, for it to be just like such a quick trailer, I think it really sells like one... It answers the question of what is it going to look like for the whole underwater thing? Because, like, I think for years, a lot of people were like, well, how are they going to do it underwater? And then after seeing Aquaman, a lot of people are like, is this what we're probably going to get when people, obviously, two different studios, but like, again, similar effects are going to be at play. But I think it looks so good. Like, it's crisp, it's cl- it's very nice. I do want to critique the CGI dreads, I mean, CGI locks. However, I mean, it's just. she's a it's a mermaid under the water I'm impressed that they made her look like she's under the water and singing under the water I'm happy I'm I'm going to wait until I actually see her out of the water and see what that wig looks like but besides that I love it
0: (laughs) Kate what did you think?
2: so
1: I give zero uh, F words about live action Disney movies (laughs) I don't care I think they're dumb I think they're dumb um, that said, I really, is it pronounced Haley or Hallie? Hallie. Hallie? Mm-hmm. I love her voice. Like, I do not care about anything shella, else. I I actually don't yes. like the way she looks underwater because I think that, like, the dark tone that they're using doesn't light her skin well. And I think her skin should be more vibrant. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, like, my only thing with it is I think that the lighting is too dark, which worries me, especially dealing with, you know, yeah. melanin. Um, but her voice is so damn good. Like, I don't think there's any way you can cast an Ariel that doesn't just absolutely, like, shake the room with her voice. Like, like you can never do it. that. They so knew she what they was, were
2: doing with that scene. Yeah, they knew she, what they yeah. were doing.
1: Exactly. And so, like, I think for that alone, she's perfect. Because, like, you can't, like, no. Like, has to be spot on. And I, I just, I do not care about the movie but I will listen to her soundtrack because while I don't like <laughs> the little mermaid as a property, because I, I know how it really happens. Yeah. Like the whole dying and foam stuff. And it's very depressing. I love all of the songs in the little mermaid. <laughs> and so I can't wait to hear Hallie singing those songs mm-hmm. because she has such like a range and depth to her voice. That is, it's going to like, I may not watch it, but I will probably Spotify all of her stuff.
0: All right. Moving quickly on. We'll, we'll, Blast through this stuff a little bit because it's, it's fun, but it's a little different. We don't get often to uh, take the time to talk about video games, but they share just as much of uh, our love equally. And this week we got uh, Nintendo Direct and we got PlayStation State of Play. So Nisha, I know you are a big Zelda fan. You play Breath of the Wild. Yes. What did you think of Tears of the Kingdom? Because we've been waiting on this one for a while.
2: Put it in my veins now. I've waited so (laughs) long.
0: It's just like, my money, take it, now. Take my money,
2: now. I will tell y'all this, I have purposely not finished Breath of the Wild, even though I have powered up Link as much as I possibly can, because I know as soon as I'm done, I have to wait for this game, even though I'm still waiting for this game, because it's been, what, four years, and it feels like ten, since they announced it, like, right actually before the pandemic. Yeah, they announced that we were getting a sequel to this before the pandemic had started. So, That's right, and
0: originally I think it was supposed to come out later this year.
2: Yes, that was what it was announced. But I understand that pandemics caused delays and all that jazz. So I do really, I'm really excited about it. the trailer. Looks awesome. It's going it looks like it's gonna be more of what we got in Breath of the Wild, but built upon it, especially like different ways of of Link traveling. I'm looking forward to seeing if like from what we got in like the the trailer 2 years ago if we're going to get to actually play with Zelda that's what i'm really looking forward to is like if there's that um, feature of being able to switch between them cuz that would be really cool but that's
0: something we've never seen in a Zelda game so mm-hmm. it would be a really interesting dynamic
2: yeah so like
0: play, like even as it's it like you story flashback and play with Zelda for some purpose like yeah you know like, instead of just watching a cutscene,
2: like yeah. actually getting
0: to to use it for something
2: yeah and it's like we kind of got a bit of that in the last like there's been three games that have come out since um breath of the wild but there was the turn-based game like battle uh like smash and grab game where basically you're fighting a horde of monsters and you could you could choose the character so you could choose to fight with zelda or link or one of the other four guardians so like you, that's when people got like the excitement of like, oh, we can actually fight with Zelda. So it would be nice if we could get more of that, but like not just in a fighting sense, but like in actual exploring the world with her and doing like puzzles and stuff. I would like that.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see because Breath of the Wild was just such an expansive game, that like really <laughs> true to its where like an open world game, and it's definitely something that I. I know when people first start playing it, like you, you have to get into that mentality, like, oh no, I can climb this mountain, mm-hmm. like I can go literally everywhere there is a space to there go. There are no go. limits. There's literally
2: like, yeah, yeah, it's
0: a it's a crazy game, and again, they had to fill that with lots of challenges and side quests. There's so much to explore and discover. Mm-hmm. They, you know, it's kind of hard when you set the bar that high. Like, where do you take it from there? So I, I'm curious to see what they do with Tears of the Kingdom. And we also got from PlayStation State to play Tekken 8, which I know, Kate. Tekken! Eye. Give me more Tekken!
1: <laughs> Give me more Tekken! I love three fighting games, and they're probably not the ones that people think. I love Tekken with all my dang heart, I love SoulCal and I love Dead or Alive. Um, and I am so happy to be in a tekken sans where I have a dope Tekken anime on Netflix and I have a brand new Tekken game to play. Like, Tekken is what, like, it's very weird because I know a lot of people think the fighting games are the same. But the Tekken, like, the reason I like fighting games is because of the Tekken play style. I've always sucked at Mortal Kombat. I've always sucked at Street Fighter. And neither of those two's combat really, like, wildly interests me. Tekken. It makes me happy. I have nothing intelligent to say about this, other than that I just really <laughs> want it.
0: <laughs> Nisha, was there anything about Tekken that caught your eye?
2: So I am a, I am a Street Fighter girl.
0: <laughs> oh, this is interesting. <laughs> I am literally, visually, in between a Tekken person and a Street I, it's Fighter. It's nothing this against Tekken
2: because I played it when I was younger with my uncles, but like we never, I never played anything. Like I did, I didn't have any Tekken games. I would always. and I never had Street Fighter games. Right, so so it was like I just never had them. My dad just bought a Street Fighter, and my uncles had Tekken, and I only. I will say
1: the best. My love of Street Fighter literally just comes from Marvel vs. Capcom. That's it. (laughs) That's the only thing. But Mm. I will say. Of all of the character designs, Street Fighter is, has some of the best character designs for actual fighters. And then it's like, Tekken isn't very good in that regard. It's kind of like, it's like right above Mortal Kombat, but like, not that much.
0: <laughs> yeah, interesting, interesting. All right, we also got God of War Ragnarok, uh, which I am currently still in the throes of playing the original God of War, because I am so behind on video gaming. But man... I mean, this game won. I think the best game. What was it? 2018, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's just such a rich story. Like the the battle mechanics, like the visuals, like just the the depth of the the Norse mythology, and then blending you know Kratos in. Like, oh, it just looks mm-hmm. so good. And they they've really kind of like it looks like they're taking a lot of what they set up foundationally in that God of War story and pulling it through into this this version of Ragnarok. So I am very excited about this one. Uh, Nisha, I know you're also very excited. What did you think?
2: I am very excited. I can't wait to yell, boy, again.
0: (laughs) Boy. (laughs) Boy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But no, seriously, I'm excited because, like, I really loved that in the last God of War, it was just fun to explore the world. Like, we were talking about it. There's so many quests, but then, like, you can just really, you can get to enjoy how beautiful they created this world that you get to explore. So like my favorite thing, of course, in most of the games, no shock to anyone, I love a good open RPG. And now we get more monsters. I'm really excited about these monster designs that they showed, because like the, the Valkyries were some of my favorites to fight. And just to see the designs, honestly, I'm, I'm more excited, I'm excited about this game, very. But I'm probably more excited about getting an art book once it comes out because i really just want to closely look at the monster designs because they just they're really dope and it's the, nice i, I know in
0: like uh the god of war like the dragons and stuff like yes. that and just the the uh the dark elves and things like that mm-hmm. like just really intricate designs like even one of the things i think still continues to blow me away about that game is just uh jomongda the uh the world serpent yes not only just the size and the way they capture the size of it, but also, like, the audio voice of when he speaks. Like, I have played with headphones in and the headphones just rock. Yes. Like, they just shake as you're listening. Like, oh, Jesus. And, it, again, it gets that that scope that he's just this giant thing. So when he speaks, the you know, you can see the water moving almost. Like, oh, was awesome. Yeah. it's awesome. Just the, the quality of the, the detail that goes into this. So I'm excited to see... You know what else that could open up for for this whole story. So, ah, oh, good times, good times. All right. Um, so that was our topic one for the week, and we had a lot of things to say because we always do. That's why you listen, right? You come to us for opinions to hear awesome things. But right now, it's time to jump into our next segment, and our topic of the week is going to be talking about the current state of visual effects. Um, so there was an article released um, not so long ago and I, I believe kind of crossed paths with uh, Tatiana Maslani and some of the showrunners of She-Hulk that were essentially deflecting around a lot of the criticism that people were levying against it during the trailers about the VFX from She-Hulk stating that it was a double standard of female-led heroes versus the male ones. Now the show had has a myriad of issues but for now, let's kind of solely focus on those visuals because it's not just being She-Hulk. We've seen kind of like wobbly visuals, like in the, the latter parts of Shang-Chi, multiverse of madness, you know, with that weird eye thing they had on the forehead that looked really cheap. And then Black Widow, again, suffered from this like third act kind of lag as far as like some of the visual qualities and it just looked a little wobbly. But yeah. I want to hear what Kate and Nisha have to say.
1: So I will say first off that like this, at least from the articles that have come out, this, and you can even just watch it, like the bad CG started in Black Panther, like really started in that third act of Black Panther. Like Mm -hmm. they look like Play-Doh on top of that train and the rhinos are not good. Um, And they came out and said that a lot of that was because those fights, it was left up for the VFX artists to direct them and that Ryan Coogler did not And that seems to be a trend when they're overworking the VFX artists and letting them and and making them go through and set up these scenes in those ways. Um, And I think that like the long history is just now catching up with everything because of how much they're releasing. It's back to back to back to back to back. Mm -hmm. Um, I think specifically, like, one of the things that I think this VFX question brought up was, like, the body diversity question, very specifically on how CG is used on women's bodies and men's bodies and the expectation. Like, the showrunner and Tatiana, like, very clearly said, like, made it very clear that it was sexist, (laughs) to want a larger She-Hulk because it's unattainable body standards. And I was like, look, if you want to talk about CG has been used on men and female bodies, like, men have an unrealistic standard. Like, you can just look at the way that they have done, like, fluffy, uh, like, Captain America, the first one. Like, he did not, he was not that big. Um, You can look what they've done to, like, other men. And then I think, like, For when women is used, when when CGI is used on women, it's used to smooth out our bodies. It's used to make us less thick. It's used to make us fit that European standard of thin beauty that every single Disney, or uh, Marvel woman, superhero, actually no, every superhero, including DC, that's the unrealistic standard that's being, that isn't at play. And so for me... One of the big VFX VFX questions around She-Hulk is, one, you're completely fabricating somebody's body. Why can't you fabricate it to look buff and big? (laughs) Like, why does she have an itty-bitty waist and barely any definitions on her arms, but also has big boobs? Like, you did some altering there. Um, And so for me, like, that's where I have a big issue is, like, in how they presented the the VFX question, they said, you can't question our VFX because then you're sexist. And they're like, no, no. Her hair looks like Lego hair. Like, you can snap it off and put it back on. It's not good. Like, well, they did not invest time into it.
0: And I, I think one of the issues I have with that statement is purely hypocritical because when you watch that first episode, the detail on Hulk versus She-Hulk is vastly yes, different. Yeah. And they yes. actually... They actually said we had to stop including Hulk because it was costing us too much money. So they made a choice to pour money into Bruce Banner yep. Hulk and give him texture because he's still got the scruff on his yep. face. And you can see the texture of his, his skin hair. As a He has yes. salt
2: and pepper hair. The detail in his hair is just like, wow. And I can't tell if she, like, it's weird. It's kind of like... yeah. The What's the movie, Kate, that we watched when I was at your house? And it was Resident Evil. Yes! The Resident Evil <laughs> hair. in the darkness. Yeah. Yes. It's the Resident Evil, like, because it's thick at the bottom. Like, it's thin-
1: 2010 Final Fantasy
2: hair. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because it gets thick and it's, like, voluminous, but, like, at the same time, it's wispy. I don't know how y'all managed to make it voluminous and, whips- and wispy, but you did. But, like... <sighs> And I I enjoy the show, but you're right. It's just like you can see where y'all gave Bruce Banner Hulk and then She Hulk not the same treatment, and it's just yeah. it's not well. And that's good. and yeah. it's it's
0: the statement that follows it. I guess yeah. I had the issue with because they're like, yeah. oh yeah, we want to include more Hulk, but it's just costing us too much money. I yeah. well, we can't say that and then like look at what we're we've got left because it just. It's not you. Then you can't say it's sexist, then, because yeah. you're you're the you're, one. That, you
1: are the one in putting all of the time into him. Yeah. like you see every ripple of his muscle, and with her, like we're lucky if we get a little bicep bulge when she's sitting down. Like, mm-hmm. and I think the other thing that frustrates me is like I do think that She Hulk represented a very intricate challenge in the same way that Hulk does. In that, like, you have to fabricate everything. You're fabricating the hair, the clothes you are fabricating a CGI object or CGI person in a real space. And that becomes a difficult task to balance with acting and by making sure that your CGI is matching the world that you're putting that that into. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, by deflecting those, you're actually deflecting the issue here, which is that She-Hulk doesn't look natural- like, Hulk looks natural in a lot of, like, the previous iterations that we've seen him in. Yeah. Like, she doesn't actually look like she's in her world, like, interacting with it. It is very still and it is very lifeless to me. And then I think that it's very disingenuous to say, especially, like, I wanted a buff Hulk. Like, She-Hulk. Yeah. I am very tired of only seeing thin women in these things mm-hmm. and at the very least, I have like a buck twenty Amazon being Wonder Woman. I would like a very sturdy 180 She Hulk. That's too that's too low because she's gigantic. But like, right. you know what I mean? Like that bodybuilder body where it's like 180 solid muscle, right. like ready to go thick.
2: Like a Serena Williams body type. Exactly. But Thank you.
1: That's- exactly. And that's what they said. They were like, oh, well, we were doing like athletes, not crossfitters. I was like, Serena Williams is the the goat and an athlete—you could have used her you body.
2: Literally, could have used her body and then just add three more feet, three more Doesn't feet. It, make her two and feet I think tall. that that's
1: and I think that that's one of the things too, is when we see her shrink. You, ha- I think that that's also where the VFX takes effect because you see her go from VFX into real life, and you notice. There's an inconsistency with how big her clothes have to be for them to not rip. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes they fit her very well and her, like, little five... She's five... She's my height. She's five four. Her little five four, maybe a hundred pounds. Like, she doesn't break her clothes.
0: One scene, she doesn't break her shoes.
1: Yeah, right. The
0: first thing that you go. So
1: I'm like, how tall is She-Hulk? Like, there's just... Ugh. And I know that these poor... The FX artists and animators, like, this isn't on them so much as it is on the direction and the character design and the time given to finish this. Mm-hmm. And that is where, like, we get into, like, the ultimate, like, question about all of this is, like, what people need to do to actually do good VFX. And I think that that's, like for me at least from everything that I've read, like from Black Panther on, like there is just a miscommunication, or not a mis, a purposeful lack of communication and overwork between directors and their VFX staff. And VFX staff are having to make calls that may not be in line with everything else, but they have to because of how they are working, which is put on them by the larger production. And I think that that is where we're hitting a lot of these things, and I don't think enough people are giving that like... Well, I was going to say, and
0: building on to that, I think when the work becomes so voluminous, like again, She Hulk is so heavy in CGI, they're now having to segment sections of an episode or sections of a series out to different VFX studios. So different ones are handling different things. Like even in She Hulk, this time she looks completely different tones of green. Uh, yeah. I think when she's in the law office, she loses, like, it almost looks like. Sp- completely smooth skin like she's lost all texture or or anything and then you've got on top of that the fact that when she walks she kind of looks like early sims walking she's not quite Mm -hmm. touching the ground she doesn't have that don't hear it's like sometimes
2: you're like are you walking because i can't hear your heels but then it's like it's
0: it's it's inconsistent so like Mm -hmm. even the vfx work itself isn't consistent through but again it's just because it's likely there's just so much like you've there's so many articles being out saying there's so much VFX work being done by mm-hmm. everyone that they just can't keep up with it. It's un the standards are unrealistic to turn this stuff around. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I was just gonna add, it's just like maybe the question maybe they should start We've just we've done this before. Like, Aaron, you had brought up the Sonic movie where it's like people had to complain and like, but it's like people have to understand like it wasn't the VFX people who decided to make him that way. It was the director's decision. And then it's like, but then the VFX people have to go let's in make and Let's make them look it.
0: real with demon teeth.
2: <laughs> let's give him actual human. teeth. Human,
0: let's give him human teeth. Let's make him Everyone I like love a, it.
2: Let's make him look nothing like a regular hedgehog, but also not like the cartoon hedgehog. <laughs>
0: yeah. We'll give him eyes that'll peer into your very soul.
2: Right. It's just. <laughs> it was uh, just
0: freaky. It was
2: horrid. It's so weird. It's so weird. But yeah, I just feel like. I don't you know,
0: know. I, I was going to say, and the Sonic thing was awful because then you head stories coming out like, yeah, we fixed the VFX, but we also had to work for like two months solid, basically sleeping in the mm-hmm. studios to get it done. You're like, well, that's not fair either. Like, Jesus. Because no. they g- delivered an amazing look in the end, but. Oh, there's poor people. The work it
1: takes together. Yeah. And I think that that's like one of those things too is like there are humans on the other end of this. And I do think that it's like, which kind of like puts it, like I am I'm pretty hard on CG. Um, but it's because I prefer practical effects, which is I mean, that is its own whole beast of how much work has to go into creating those worlds and something practically. But I think that there's become an over reliance on it. Like the fact that like mm. literally who was it? um natalie portman was like bragging about never like about shooting something in a cell phone lot and like the cast of B of multiverse of madness were like oh yeah we were never in the same room like the the illuminati and i'm like why are you proud of that like why (laughs) like like and i understand with covid restrictions but like That is also putting like an unnecessary burden on VFX artists to now go in and not just replicate some powers. They're replicating replicating an entire world. They're having to put people into spaces that they weren't. Mm -hmm. And I think that like what is happening is the ask has gotten higher of what they have to do. And with, like, even, like, with the Sonic example, like, they did it, but at what cost? And it's, like, okay, instead... in asking you to recreate this entire world and put everybody together, you're still going to get the same amount of time.
0: Yeah.
1: and And you're going to get the same amount of money. And it is one of those things where, like, there is just an over-reliance on it now, I think. I think to the point, and I think, Nisha, this is why we're getting really bad wigs. I think yes. that it, like, there has been such a loss of the importance of costuming and special effects that we are getting bad wigs more because they don't care.
0: It's become very prevalent in a lot of properties I wasn't expecting it to see with the wig work, and I was just like, and what's going on?
2: And it's shocking because it's like being a cosplayer and watching, pe- like, half of my feed is watching people, like, do wigs and crafts and stuff. I'm not saying it's hard. I know it's hard. However, it takes time, and it takes money, so I would hope, like, going back to what we talked about with The Little Mermaid, I want to see what she looks like out of the water, because that's going to say a lot about the costuming, and, like, if it, like Kate said, if it was put into it, because, yeah, the practical effects of, like, putting makeup on and then doing wigs and doing hair is still important yeah. but if you're all you're going to do is just keep using vfx artists to like i don't know cgi hair onto a character it's just not gonna give the same effect it, it just won't yeah
0: i i mean i'm i'm still curious as well like i know the line was given on um for thor love and thunder around Gore the god butcher like oh, we chose not to make him look like the comics because he looked too much like uh Voldemort. And it felt like a really like cheap thing to say because like, there's similarities there, but he's got these big tentacles at the back of his head.
2: Yeah, I still
0: <laughs> believe the decision was made because it was just too expensive to do the CGI. And yeah. they said, well, I'll just make him look like a human and we'll save the costs.
1: Yeah. And it's also one of those things too is like, they don't like they literally have two of the like most premier um Mexican actors that they're paying a lot of money to have there. Oscar Isaac also, and, and that's uh, specifically in Andor and Werewolf by Night. Oscar Isaac also isn't cheap. Like none of these actors yeah. are cheap. Angela Bassett is not cheap. Not like, at all. <laughs> like, no, like that that woman is an icon. Um, and as we get, like, more of these, like, big, like, bigger star, I don't want to say bigger, but, like, big stars, like, that S-tier talent, and then the way that we've seen the existing Marvel people grow into that, like, you are paying your actors multi-millions of dollars. You, you're paying Florida Republicans a lot of money, Disney. Mm. You can't just, like, ex. Band your special effects budget? Like, and I think that that is the thing that gets me at the end of the day. Disney prints money. Like Marvel is owned by Disney. Disney gets, like, it's a monopoly on everything. And so for me, if you're going to be a monopoly, at least invest your money into doing good work and pay people what they deserve. Right. Like, they have it.
0: And it's interesting because then I look at, like, Something like the Mandalorian, where like with ILM and like you know Lucas, they created that whole yeah. digital wall of studio where they can blend the visual effects as far as practical effects, and I, I really like. it. Like, couldn't borrow that. I was gonna say, I because I know, I know. Um, the Batman, the Batman adapted that whole technology to be able to shoot a lot of the film when they couldn't go on on uh, on, on scene. So they tried to utilize some of that as well, uh, and I think they do a lot of work in—I forget the name of it—like previs or something. It's almost like a virtual reality, so they can look around and see like how it all moves. And it—it's it, exciting technology, but again, I—it doesn't seem like it's being utilized like in some of these spaces where it really needs to be. So,
2: yeah. I would also just like know. to add, just like last thing I'll add on the whole She-Hulk thing, is just like it. Like Kate said, one, y'all print money. so y'all determine the budgets. I don't want to hear another thing like, well, this is the budget we have to work with. No, Disney decided to give y'all this much money. But, like, y'all could literally give more money to have better quality. Y'all just care about putting out, pumping out things versus quality. Two, if it's a matter of, like, production time and, like, how much of the budget, I'm not going to be opposed to shorter seasons. Y'all did it with Moon Knight. Y'all did, moon, what was that, six episodes? If it's, if it's a matter yep. of like y'all, if y'all have to make that choice, but at the same time, I'm like, you shouldn't have to make that choice in order to, because I hate, I'm, I'm not a fan of like very short, like I want at least 10. I feel like 10 episodes is a good spread. But the point is like, decisions were made and I don't want to hear, I don't want Disney to be like, oh, our hands were tied behind our backs. You tied your own hand behind your back. <laughs> no one did that but you.
0: It's like the meme of the kid on the bike and he puts the stick through yes. and it's like, ah! Yep, exactly.
2: Oh, <laughs> our VFX you know what I mean? like, people and again, do it.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of like, again, the hypocrisy of saying like, oh, well, fans being sexist. Well, like, oh, no, if you're not getting the VFX budget to do it, then you're being sexist yourself. I am sorry. Sexist, so. Women
2: can make bad things too. Yeah, and bad choices and saying that it's sexist is a bad you honestly just stick and say that you wanted to make her like a, look like a swimsuit model from the eighties. Just, I'd rather you, <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather them just stand in that, than say you're, it's sex if, yeah. sexist if you want another body type. Cause that's just like really effed up to say. Cause like, yeah. Kate, me and you work out. First of all, you, if you're going to have a certain amount of muscle, the thighs have to match. The thighs <laughs> have to match and if they don't match, it don't look right. So her we little We don't leg, slot 225 on Twix. <laughs> no. These are trunks. <laughs> she Hulk should have trunks. Yeah. I, I
1: think, and, and I think, like, as we kind of, like, look at, like, what needs to be done and, and kind of, like, what it, what's accomplishing well and, like, where we can see things doing stuff well already is it's a blending of the worlds. You have to show the consideration, as we've said, giving things the budget and understanding how to make sure that you are paying just as much attention to practical as visual effects to make sure that they blend well together. Um, the boys had a ridiculous amount about, of time. It's always my
0: immediate safety. And thinking. it's
1: phenomenal. Like, it feels real and lived in, and that is something that is not easy to do with superheroes, as Disney has shown, apparently. I was
0: going to say, and you know they did a lot of practical effects on yeah. that show as well? like the, yeah. w- the in season 2 the whale was a practical effect yep. and the that, that specific so scene in season 3 is a practical effect so yeah. it it's really yeah. interesting to see how they tackled that
1: yeah and and i i don't know and and i think it's because of how much i love horror and i don't hate cg I think really good CG can go a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I'm sure a lot of people have forgotten about Avatar, the reason that movie made so much money is because of what it did with CG. Yes. And how realistic it made it. And I believe that CG can be done well. But I also think that if you only do that, you're resting on so much that you don't... Like, The Shape of Water would not have been as intimate if that was not Doug Jones in a suit. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get the same things from it, and I yeah. think that that's really important. I think that's also what has what made Prey really work well. Yes, the blending yeah, they, they of blend, of, yeah, mm-hmm, yes. of CG and practical. Like that was a whole man walking around in that predator suit, mm-hmm. and then they overlaid other pieces. Um, and I think, I think they think did the
0: that... same with like Grogu. Like mm-hmm. they they talk about that blending of practical and visual effects.
1: Yeah, and I think that with the conversation around disney right now is they are stressing these teams so much and i think it's because they don't want to do anything practical anymore (sighs) and that just hurts stuff um and i think that that's also like that's my biggest fear with black panther too it's my biggest fear with seeing the atlanteans who are apparently no longer atlanteans whatever like and like having to see those pieces and also understanding how phenomenal the costume design and everything is and I'm like are you going to like throw a wrench into how beautiful like the costume design and set dressing is Mm -hmm. to like accommodate like mediocre VFX I hope not I really want to hope not but like with the track record that Disney has under their belt just this year like that's my fear um Hell, I actually don't think Rings of Power is doing well right now. I think that there are parts where it's excelling, and I think that that's when you look uh, specifically into the southlands, where the orcs are. It's heavy practical effects. When you look to where the hobbits are, again, heavy practical effects, and those elements are pretty. There's static shots of, like, Numenor and uh, Moria, also really beautiful. But then when you have their live-action cast interacting with the CG... Um, like, in the scene in episode three where Deer fights the warg, like, you can tell <laughs> that that is yeah. not a real thing that is there. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, there is just... And, th- and that is in a series that spent, like, a billion dollars an episode.
0: That's like,
1: crazy. That's a I billion dollar series. Say. Yeah. Like... And that number was wrong, whatever. I I, I know that it's like a it's, billion it's, dollar series. It's still like
0: pretty close, it's I think it's
1: hundreds of millions of dollars. It's a and lot it's of like
0: money.
1: you you're still doing this? Like now, I do think one that did it well was uh historic materials. Like that was beautiful CG. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know about what you all think. Like, Nisha, have you watched anything that has been like really good CG wise or you think other people should follow?
2: As of not recently, like not in any recent years. I did like his dark materials though. That was like probably like one of the last things with like a lot of CGI. But like yeah. unless it's anime CGI, I don't think that counts. <laughs> How many times have I watched the loop in the first movie, Kate? Okay?
0: I was I was gonna say I'm enjoying some of like House of Dragon I think it, there's a couple of House scenes. House of Dragon there and is there, a pretty but...
1: is pretty good like that's really yeah. balanced minus Corliss's wig like can you oh. just like have like a just just hire a black person to do the wig work? I wish like these hairlines are not sitting. No one knows so how to bad. do a
2: lace front. That's what I'm learning in Hollywood. <laughs> no one knows how to install. I don't know how to, but I'm just saying somebody should know how to install a lace front on set.
0: If you can spot it, there's a problem. <laughs> just period. Yeah.
2: It's worse than it a, and on it's Lots screen wig. are
1: dope, but like when you can tell that a white person set that
2: wig, <laughs> it's just not good cuz they don't bother to cover the edges like people these are edges. <laughs> <laughs> they need to be covered. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but that is at least, that's yeah. a practical fail. I do think the dragons in House of the Dragon are beautiful. Like that yeah. integration has been really good.
0: You can Um, see, like, even when they're roaring, like the ripples down the neck. Which
1: question? Like, do you think that, like, these at some point, like, do they just think if I'm spending this much money, it just automatically looks good because money makes things good? Like, I don't think. I wonder if it just like with something.
0: I just wonder if it just some of it gets. I guess it's going to depend on each show, but some of it just gets lost in the shuffle. Like there's so many moving parts going around constantly
2: honestly it's an interesting take because i i kind of want to agree that sometimes and i I don't know if it's because like this reminds me of a discussion i had in class this week but it's kind of like people will choose the practical like not practical effects when i say this but like the what makes the most sense and like maybe to some folks it's like i'm just gonna throw this money at it therefore people will and i've invested this much in it therefore it will be a success versus the time so it's like the balance of like, are we choosing the, like, I'll pay whatever price, but is it, st- but is it going to be good because I know I paid millions of dollars or is it going to be better if we took our time? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you can have it done like
1: fast, cheap or good and you can only get two. You mm-hmm, can't yeah. get all three.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a possible. I mean, I feel like there's just like so many moving things and I would be honest that I would love to hear what like a VFX person and these things, yeah, it has to say from behind the scenes of like the amount of work that goes into it, and yeah, the direction they get.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, and it's certainly a big topic. And there's there's so many you know films to get addressed. I mean, there's there's plenty of things we could have talked about. You know. We talked at the top of the show about the, you know, the live action Lion King and, you know, as far as what Disney's kind of trying to do with some of that stuff and just the lifelessness there and the choices that are being made, it, it it's, it's rampant across a couple of different films. It's not just Disney, you've seen it in other places as well, so it'd be interesting to see how it's addressed moving forward and if people start to kind of choose more of that practical.
1: I thought of the best example. You can rewatch all of the Lord of the Rings movies and they last like they are good and they're heavy CG in certain things, but you get more CG towards the end. Nobody rewatches the Hobbit movies because it's all CG. There were no practical effects being done. Like Peter Jackson in the Lord of the Rings movies literally made like a 10 pound version of the ring to show it falling and like record it. Like, that is the type of like care mm-hmm. that gets put in when you think about things being done practically and then you use CG when you need to. I think that's also why the Rings of Power show feels I don't I, I don't dislike the Rings of Power Show, but I think that's why it feels a little off to me. Because I think that, I think Marvel, I think all they are like how do we solve kind of what Nisha said, how do we throw money at the problem and solve it digitally mm-hmm. so yeah. we don't have to do it practically. And I think that's why it's running into
0: problems. Which is funny because like I look at it from like a Star Wars aspect, I can rewatch those old, you know, old movies and they stand up. Like they're still great. Like and again, that was like the reverse. It's kind of like we don't have the money, so how do we do it practically and make it work? Mm-hmm. But, like how do we do we sell it? Versus you look at what George Lucas did later with the prequel films and some of the, especially that last one, um, Revenge of the Sith. Like this, the visual, the CG, in that just it wasn't where it was wasn't where it needed to be for what you wanted yeah. to do with it, And it just looked awful. There are some scenes that are just terrible. Yeah. And even when your original trilogies were made, like, you know, 20, 30 years before and they look better, it's a bit of a problem. So it's crazy. It really is. So, yeah, like I said, it'll be interesting to see kind of what we see from the industry moving forward. Uh, obviously a bigger topic, but we thought it'd be something fun to address. And I think we've, we've gotten into some... Uh, Some good aspects of the conversation, but I think we've hit the end of this topic for the week, which moves us nicely into our last segment, our club content for what we've been watching this week that we think you should be watching. So, Kate, why don't you start us off? What have you been watching playing?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I've put a lot of time into Splatoon 3. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, It's so fun. The matches are only three minutes long. Um, it is very easy to pick up and play, and then drop out. Like the, it, it's just really good. I love it. Um, then Cyberpunk Edge Runners is so good. Um, I think it solidifies that Trigger only knows how to make Leo and Gallo in like anything that they do, and that's perfectly fine because I love that, I love them. But uh, it is really, really good. You can read my review on the site, oh, and you can read my co-op review for Splatoon, and then you can read my Cyberpunk uh, Edge Runners review um, on this site. It is, it, 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 it's done justice to Cyberpunk as a genre in a way that Cyberpunk 2077, the game, did not. So I'm really happy with that. And like more like Letheedles and anime, please. Um, And then Bayonetta 3. I have played 15 whole minutes of Bayonetta 3 at PAX West. I have my preview up. It just went up uh, this past week. And we have a video up where you can see uh, gameplay from Bayonetta 3 as well.
0: It's
2: a whole lot of fun if you love our girl. So, yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing.
0: Very nice. What about you, Nisha?
2: Yeah, so it finally happened. I'm a JoJo's girl now. Um, (laughs) Okay, it happened. Someone, a certain someone, if you're listening to this, you did it. You convinced me to watch it and I caught all the way up. I literally caught up on Golden Wind in two days. I just let that thing play. And I enjoyed all of it. I am a JoJo's girl. I'm. You woman. watched a thousand episodes of One Piece in a year. I am not surprised by this. You can do anything. Thank you.
0: N- Nisha's always like <laughs> challenge accepted.
2: Yes, it. Yes, sir. That's me. <laughs> but you yeah, know, I've been watching Stone Ocean, and I really enjoy it. Like I just have enjoyed all the different animation styles and like character designs. And from watching JoJo's lately, and Stone Ocean is really really good. So I've been enjoying that one. Um. I recently wrote a review about End of the Road, and I'm just going to say, if y'all enjoy Queen Latifah, go watch that, because I like Queen Latifah, and she deserves her roses. However, the story's bad. But, (laughs) Queen Latifah, our queen. (laughs) Go enjoy it. This,
0: this is is this this the one on uh, Netflix on, with uh, Ludicrous, right?
2: Yes, on Netflix with Ludicrous. And Ludicrous literally does nothing. <laughs> oh, Ludicrous! He's trying. He's trying. Bless I just, it honestly just feels like a good B movie night where it's just like let's just put something on. Um, and then lastly, Harley Quinn concluded, and I have enjoyed this season so much. I was not expecting the season finale to have so much healing. In a full, like full, full circle, for a lot of characters, but then at the same time, it's opening it up to more possibilities. And the fact that the Joker is a socialist <laughs> is just hilarious. To, where he says a line and this, he's like, "I'm I'm an agent. I'm an agent of chaos, but that doesn't mean I don't want universal health care." I just <laughs> I'm I've lately been very much into slice of life content when it comes to like superhero shows and harley quinn does that for me similar like better than what she hulk does for me and i like that show but like i like harley quinn a lot and i think people should watch it now that all of season three is out there
0: i it's one i definitely need to get caught up on i watched a couple of episodes but i am um, i'm sadly behind so mm-hmm. i have to get caught up on, on that one but it's good to hear the uh the season finale was good because they do pretty they do a very good job of ending their seasons with uh, in spectacular fashion mm-hmm. uh, so i'll be interested to see that one um i got the chance to watch uh season 5 of the Handmaid's tell uh one of the most depressing and dark shows out there i it's, it's a tough watch it really is a tough watch um i enjoyed it it's interesting to see where they took it i was not a fan of what they did with season 4 it's, it's very very slow burn um but my big issue with this one, I and I like I said, I enjoyed it. It'll be interesting to see how people find it because it builds towards something quite interesting. Um, but I'm still maintaining this. This should have been a binge show. Um, it it's such a hard weekly watch. There's so many details to it. It, mm.
2: it,
0: it loses a step so. But it'll be interesting to see how people take. I think the first two episodes are out of that. Probably by the time this episode drops, the episode three will be out as well. Uh, I also got the chance to review Cobra Kai season five. And that is just terrible. Um, I'm such a fan of this series, but I am such a letdown. Uh, I mean, I think it just peaked at season one one through three. And it was just such a letdown after that. It It just didn't know... The direction it wanted to go, it, it kind of lived off its own hype, and it was just like, "Oh yeah, we can pretty much do anything, and people love it, and we'll give everyone a character story, and everyone gets a redemption arc, and everyone's a villain," and it's just a hot mess. It is an absolute hot mess, and I, I just, even I just, they've made so many weird decisions with it, and again, I hate how they constantly villainize Tori, and I, 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 yeah, I just wasn't a fan. It, it's. It's not good, and I think it just needs to end. It's hit that point now where it's like, you've hit the end of the road, just just end it, bow out gracefully, and find some way to kind of move on. It was peak season one through three, and that's two-thirds that were on, you know, when it was on YouTube red. Only one season of Netflix was actually good, and now we've got three seasons of being out on Netflix, so, yeah, yeah, fine. Uh, but speaking of bad things, I also watched Morbius this week because it's on Netflix and that is a terrible, terrible movie. It is.
2: It's so bad, but I
1: it's... love it. I love it. And I and I love I love you it love the because villains? I know actually. Oh. Well, yes. Okay. I don't, know. <laughs> I I don't know. I feel weird things. I just love that it I just love how bad it is. But what I really love and why it is poetic cinema. Is because it gave us the scene that everybody edited to be Damon dancing of like Matt Smith going evil, and then like putting it with the jokes with Renera. I'm gonna stop now, but I thought it was great. It's I need awesome. to see those. Oh, I don't think I actually. Seeing oh, them. they're so good. They're they're such good edits. I I love it. I love it. Yeah, was... morbid people. It's great.
0: It's just a strange movie, and then again, it's just. Again, we talked about VFX, it's not great VFX. And it's just a weird film, and it's just a weird story, and Jared Leto continues to be just the strangest man. I just, just weird man.
2: I just want to know what happened to the kids that he wanted to save. Did they die? Did they die? Probably. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that was such an important a good question. thing.
0: You're asking the important question. That was
2: such an important thing
0: he's doing it for the kids and he as soon as he's got his powers completely forgot about him (laughs) screw them kids
2: (laughs) pretty much i'm a vampire now (laughs) forget y'all all
0: right well that's our show thank you so much for listening in if you like what we're doing please don't forget to drop us a like subscribe retweet or review we literally will take whatever we can get please just something is awesome uh, make sure to check out the site, our YouTube channel, Twitch. And if you want to keep the conversation going, you can always find us in the But Why Though Discord, chatting about the latest in pop culture news. You can find that link, uh, discord.gg slash uh, You can also find us on Twitter at, and Instagram at butbythopc. Uh, Kate, where can the people find you if they want to check out more of your awesome stuff?
1: You can find me on Twitter at oh my Randier, where I am usually just shitposting. And if you want to see my anime and manga, you can
2: find me at oh my Randier on Instagram.
0: Nisha, how about yourself?
2: Yeah, y'all can find me at um, y'all can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nisha Plays. I have a few more things coming up down the pipe, and then I have anime weekend Atlanta coming up where I'm gonna be doing some more cosplays. Some more cosplays coming soon. And more writing things too.
0: Awesome, uh, and I've been your host, Aaron. You can find me at British CPA on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find all of my writing on the Boatwye site, and find me featured on some Twitch and YouTube reviews. Hopefully, we've got one in the works for Andrew. I'm very excited about that one. Uh, if that's not enough, you can always find me in the Boatwye though Discord. Again, that's discordgg PC. and you should come in Discord. No,
1: Discord.gg/Boatwye awesome. though. No PC.
0: I'm going to have to change that link now. <laughs> you didn't crack me the first time. <laughs>
1: yeah, It's PC everywhere else. It's not PC there.
0: Oh, man. All right. That's it for us this week. Thanks so much. And we will catch you next time.